0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host Corey Canute coming up this afternoon. We'll chat with the executive vice president of CN Rail about the current rail blockade situation. Also we'll have details from the National Sunflower Association of Canada's AGM held last week at Crop Connect. And at first in today's country comment we'll get a market outlook from AG Chief the latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 90 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Ag Chiefs Senior Marketing Analyst David Drozd was at Steinbach Crop Day yesterday, giving his market outlook for 2020.
1: Well, basically, um, you know, markets do move up and down, and basically what we've been seeing is the market has started to turn down after rallying up into January. It's a seasonal that often happens due to the upcoming South American uh, soybean crop, this year being a record crop we're looking at a little bit additional uh, weakness as we're seeing right now we could touch base on the spring wheat crop for example that one is uh, always one that is you know most on farmers mind as well and with respect to that one you know if you put in grain pricing orders to uh, say target seven dollars for 113.5 seems to be the way to market spring wheat this year the street prices that are posted are much lower than that but there's been quite a bit of uh, movement. If you put in those uh, grain pricing orders, they seem to get picked up, whether trains coming to town or you know there's a special, etc. Thoughts on the the China situation and what impacts that could have here this upcoming year? Well, I've always said uh, you know prices will uh, improve here when China decides they need canola and start buying again. You know it's anyone's guess as to when that will occur. Um, some suggest it may be. Uh, you know, in the not too distant future. Others say we've got to dig our heels and it may not be for a while. But you know, with every cloud comes a silver lining. If anything, I think Canada is starting to uh, see some additional markets open up, which in the bigger picture is a good thing. Talk a little bit more about canola and what, what you expect to see for prices here uh, this upcoming year. Uh, in the coming year, I believe we're going to be looking for more of the same, you know, on the high end, look towards that $11 a bushel. Yeah, when you're not looking for it so badly, you know, you're going to push back down to about that 9 to $10 level. But, uh, you know, important thing is take advantage of those rallies. Typically, we see a, a spring rally. Sometimes it peaks in May. Last year was in June. You know, that's going to be the next uh, selling opportunity. Any other uh, points or highlights? Oh, I would just say, uh, you know, stay tuned into the marketplace. There's a lot of noise out there. Uh, you know, we often are wondering how do we manage to cut through that noise because we hear this, we hear that. Uh, you know, as you see with our, my presentation, I like to look at the charts and technical analysis. It's our way of uh, cutting through the news or the noise, as you say. And I've been watching charts for about 35 years now, starting to date myself. But uh, you know, I've just found through uh, thick and thin, if the fundamentals are saying one thing and the charts are saying something different, I'd best stick to what the charts are suggesting. Uh, uh, in order to uh, have a better analysis. Uh, I mean, after all, you're always going to find the most bullish news at the top. You're always going to find the most bearish news at the bottom. And as a producer, that often has us looking the wrong way at the wrong time. That was
0: David Drozd, Senior Marketing Analyst with Ag Chief, giving his market outlook yesterday at Steinbach Crop Day. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. CN Rail's chief legal officer says it's time for the illegal rail blockades to end. Sean Finn notes it will take some time for the railway
2: to recover recovery and the challenges we have will have an impact on our capability of meeting our grain spots that are set out in our grain our grain plan. So we're supposed to meet forty one fifty spots a week. You know, we're gonna have a challenge getting empty cars back from Vancouver but we're working on it every day and hopefully within two or three weeks we'll have recovered. But the next two or three weeks, you know, when it comes to the ag industry and more importantly our grain spotting will be a challenge for us. Very much due to things outside of our control.
0: Finn says CNRail Rail has laid off about 450 employees in eastern Canada as a result of the rail protests. The National Sunflower Association of Canada held its AGM last week in Winnipeg. Darcel Graham is the group's executive director. She talked about the past growing season.
3: We had a little bump in acres which was nice Um, of course when harvested acreage reports come out probably it's going to not show that they're all been harvested which is in fact the case after a wet uh, fall but yeah we've seen a bump of acres. Um, Initial reports in terms of yield show a little decrease from last year but still really good over an overall average.
0: NSAC is one of five groups that will be merging later this year. Keystone Agricultural Producers has launched an online survey looking at issues facing both cell coverage and broadband access across the province. Here's CAP Director Sam Connery-Nickel.
4: There's always challenges of lost opportunity when you can't make that phone call at a certain time or if you can't use some of the new technology due to not having good enough internet. It's really, really very dependent on person by person and just how good or poor the service is in a certain area. I know just going from my home yard to the office, there's a huge difference in internet service.
0: The deadline to complete the survey is March 31st. And the CFIA's new livestock transportation rules are now in effect. The full implementation of the rules will happen over the next two years. The new regulations reduce the time in transport allowed for livestock without feed, water and rest. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey
1: Canute.
0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, February 21st. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from CN Rails Executive Vice President of Corporate Services, Sean Finn. Today on the program, we're joined by CN Rails Executive Vice President of Corporate Services, Sean Finn, who gives us an update on the rail blockade situation.
2: We have had a blockade in Belleville, Ontario, uh, blocking our main lines uh, for two weeks now. It started two weeks ago yesterday, February 6th. And uh, that has essentially cut off, you know, eastern Canada and western Canada from any rail traffic on CN, as well as, you know, uh, products coming from eastern Canada going to the U.S. Uh, so very much, uh, you know, a, a difficult situation. It's not just impactful on CN; it's also a very, very much an impact on the Canadian economy, on uh, eastern Canadian industry and western Canadian industry to a certain extent, but also, you know, to individual Canadians whose livelihood depends on, you know, working, for example, in, in facilities or plants that they uh, use the railway to export uh, or to ship their goods to Western Canada or to export to the U.S. So very unfortunate. We now have, we've had court orders now for uh, for two weeks today. Uh, you know, uh, there are illegal blockades. We've been asking the Ontario Police to enforce the uh, injunction, and, you know, we respect their decision when it comes to operational decisions on how and when they enforce the injunction, but it's been two weeks now, and we're very focused and preoccupied about the impact this is having on our customers and on the Canadian economy. We also had a blockade in Western Canada um, that lasted six days. It came up, uh, came down last week between Prince uh, George and Prince Rupert. Uh, And that has a direct impact on Western Canadian uh, ag products, uh, you know, going to Prince Rupert. That shut down rail traffic to Prince Rupert, which, you know, as you know, uh, when Thunder Bay shuts down for the winter, uh, the grain in Manitoba all wants to go west, either to Vancouver or to Prince Rupert. And Prince Rupert being shut down for six days impacted intermodal containers, uh, impacted coal, impacted grain. Uh, impacted propane going to that terminal, so you know we're we're pleased to see it's come down. Uh, we had another short blockade in Edmonton uh, on uh, Wednesday morning that uh, backed up 40 trains while it was there. So it's important to realize we're trying to recover uh, their network after these blockades, but also after a difficult January, but also following the very uh, heavy rainfall in British Columbia. We essentially had a rock slide, a washout, and a tunnel compromised on our directional running down the Fraser Valley, and that. Fraser River Canyon, and that impacts service to Vancouver. So we're trying to catch up all at the same time. So as we speak today, the Western Canadian Network is is open, uh, and our operating people in Edmonton and our train crews are working very, very hard to recover fluidity. Uh, And this, you know, uh, coming out of a shutdown of the railway, uh, just talking about Western Canada for a second, you know, it takes several days to recover. It's very much an art, not a science how you do this. You have to make sure you regain fluidity on the main line, and not uh, congest the yards, because uh, that makes it more difficult. So our employees are working 24-7. Uh, our management, our leaders at CN are focusing on recovering the network in Western Canada. Uh, you know, when we have a shutdown for six days, we often say it could take twice as much time to recover. So we're working on this every day, and I'm hopeful the next couple of weeks we'll recover. But this will have an impact, this recovery, and the challenges we have will have an impact on our capability of meeting our grain spots that are set out in our grain our grain plan. So we're supposed to meet 4150 spots a week you know, we're going to have a challenge getting empty cars back from Vancouver but we're working on it every day and hopefully within two or three weeks we'll have recovered but the next two or three weeks you know when it comes to the ag industry and more importantly our grain spotting will be a challenge for us very much due to things outside of our control when it comes to eastern canada you know the railway's been shut down for two full weeks you have to inspect it but you know more importantly it's going to take you know maybe three weeks to a month to recover fully but uh, you know after our strike in uh, in November when the CN employees, you know, you give them track time, you give them locomotives, you give them uh, crews and equipment to operate the railway, and we'll focus on recovering as quickly as we can for the benefit of the Canadian economy and all of our customers in Canada.
0: Has CN Rail had to make layoffs because of these blockades?
2: Yeah, we haven't made layoffs in Western Canada. I mean, uh, it didn't last long enough. We were able to keep the crews uh, uh, busy and, and working on on, uh, on other movements besides Prince Rupert. In the east, we uh, we had to give notices last Friday, so a week ago now. There are 450 employees approximately who received layoff notice. Some were laid off as of uh, Tuesday, and we're very focused on getting them back to work. That's why we want the illegal blockades lifted. Uh, but more importantly, you know, we're very concerned also about our our customers and our other employees. They have, you know, they have employees who work in facilities in Eastern Canada and in plants, that you know, they run the risk of having their livelihood impacted. So for us, you know, this blockade is not just about the impact to CM, but also the impact of the Canadian economy, but also to our customers and to their employees.
0: Now, before these, uh, these blockades um, became a problem, can, can you give us a bit of an overview on, on how the winter had been going? Um, you know, there was the, the strike earlier, but uh, just overall, how had things been going?
2: Yeah, well, the strike as you know was, was over in December and we'd caught up before Christmas then uh, we had some you know some some weather challenges in January like I said uh, you know down the Fraser Canyon you know between the rock slide the washout and a tunnel issue you know that got us behind when it came to be moving the grain to, to both Rupert and, and Vancouver then ultimately this blockade uh, comes up on on uh, between Prince George and Prince Rupert that had an impact so as we speak today you know we're behind uh, uh, last year's uh, metric tons We're about uh, you know, for the whole grain uh, grain season, we're 218,000 metric tons behind, and for last week, 105 metric tons. But you know, we'll cover that quickly. But it won't be tomorrow morning. We're going to have two or three weeks of you know challenges when it comes to spawning, getting the cars cycled back to the prairies to get loaded. But again, you know, when our operating people focus on on moving all the products, we'll we'll catch up. But it won't be you know it won't be in the next couple of days. It'll take us two or three weeks to catch up. So it's important that uh, I want to thank our grain customers and and. The industry for their patients, and this is very much outside our control. So Western Canada, we're focused on it. In the East, we remain you know, challenged by this blockade it's, that's really impacting our, our network and also impacting the Canadian economy in a very uh, detrimental way. How
0: would CN like to see this this situation resolved?
2: Well, Corey, you know we have gotten court orders uh, across the, the country every blockade. We, you know, fully expect that uh, law enforcement, uh, you know, do what they have to do to have these court orders respected. We understand that they have operational control, how it's done, and when it's done. But you know, our our simple demand is time has come to lift these blockades because it's having a major impact on Canada's economy. And you know, I think that's that's the most important message here that we've we've been you know we've been very patient. It's been two weeks now, more than two weeks. Today, uh, we have a current blockade in Belleville. We still have one in St. Lambert, Quebec, on the south shore of Montreal, which does not involve First Nations uh, nor in First Nation territory. So these are good examples where, you know, if we go to court and a judge issues an order, we're a, we're a, we're a, a law respecting country. It's important that the protesters understand that they've been asked to leave the, they're asked by a court to leave the railway uh, right of way and they should do so right away because it's not a safe place to be. And secondly, it's a negative impact to our reputation.
0: That was Sean Finn. The Executive Vice President of Corporate Services with CN Rail. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at GoldenWestRadio.com. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Brookside Angus Bull and Female Sale takes place Wednesday, February 26th at Nipua Egg Complex. Go to brooksideangus.com for more details. The annual meeting for the Canadian 4 H Museum in Roland is taking place February 26th at 7 p.m. That'll take place at the Roland United Church. The FCC Young Farmers Summit is set for March 4th at Winnipeg's Victoria Inn. Keystone Egg Producers is hosting its Young Farmers Conference the following day, March 5th, also at Winnipeg's Victoria Inn. And the Prairie Organics Think Whole Farm 2020 Conference takes place March 5th and 6th at Brandon's Keystone Centre. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Coming up in the next half hour, we'll have details from the National Sunflower Association of Canada's AGM held last week. We'll also have another look at our farm news for today. Right now, it's one o'clock. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, the National Sunflower Association of Canada held its AGM last week at Crop Connect. Here's Executive Director Darcel Graham.
3: We had a little bump in acres, which was nice. Um, of course, when harvested acreage reports come out, probably it's going to not show that they're all been harvested, which is in fact the case after a wet uh, fall. But yeah, we've seen a bump of acres. Um, initial reports in terms of yield show a little decrease from last year, but still really good over an overall average.
0: Where prices sitting now?
3: Um, Prices, I just heard some oil prices that have come up, so uh, I just heard oils. um, if oil content is good around 27 cents, uh, confections will be in and around that, but we'll have to check with our buyers that are here today.
0: Any changes to the board here, um, I guess, going
3: forward? Um, So as far as at this point in time, until we know whether the amalgamation goes through, we do have two new uh, directors, one returning um, and a new director uh, coming in. So that's great to see that there's interest in the sunflower industry and being able to sit on the board.
4: Talk a
0: bit about uh, checkoff dollars and, and what those are used for.
3: Yeah, so our checkoff dollars for the most part, um, aside from the day-to-day operations of the board and the administration costs, we try to allocate as many as we can towards our research, uh, which our biggest project is our development of long types uh, confection sunflowers. Um, and so that's where we tend to put our dollars.
0: You touched on a, a sunflower a protein product. Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, I guess the financial expenditures for that happened a couple years ago um, when we ran through a scenario of crushing oilseed sunflowers to see if we could bring oil crush back to Manitoba. Um, as it turns out, we do have a company, M&C Commodities, um, selling oil under Milos Finest that's bringing oil back to Manitoba. Uh, and now they're looking at something to do with the byproduct. And this is the, the protein side provides a new opportunity for that.
0: Just a further look ahead to this upcoming growing season, what you're expecting to see?
3: Uh, We're hoping to see that we get an increase in acres, uh, a little bump. We see that the oil side of things um, is providing some new market opportunities. Pricing seems to be good, so we're hoping that growers take uh, advantage of that and put some acres in the ground.
0: And uh, we won't know the results of the vote till tomorrow, but your overall thoughts on on how this whole process uh, played out.
3: Yeah, I've been involved with the process for the three years that we've been going through this. So uh, I feel like we've done a good job trying to communicate with members. Um, I think we have an evolution document of the process. So 18 news releases, um, number of meetings with uh, members, uh, webinars, those kinds of things.
0: That was Darcel Graham, Executive Director of the National Sunflower Association of Canada. The group held its AGM last week at Crop Connect. The organization is one of five groups that will be merging later this year. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. CN Rail says it will take some time to recover from the rail blockades. Here's Executive Vice President of Corporate Services and Chief Legal Officer Sean Finn
2: for the whole grain uh, grain season, we're 218,000 metric tons behind, and for last week, 105 metric tons. But, you know, we'll cover that quickly, but it won't be tomorrow morning. We're going to have two or three weeks of, you know, challenges when it comes to the car spawning, getting the cars cycled back to the prairies to get loaded. But, again, you know, when our operating people focus on, on moving all the products, we'll, we'll catch up, but it won't be, you know, it won't be in the next couple of days. It'll take us two or three weeks to catch up.
0: Finn says CNRAIL has laid off about 450 employees in eastern Canada as a result of the rail protests. An online survey has been launched by Keystone Egg producers looking at issues facing both cell coverage and broadband access across the province. Here's Director Sam Connery-Nickel.
4: For me, one of my biggest things is the safety aspect. There's certain fields and yard sites where we don't have good cell service. And if I'm calling to check up on family members or employees and they don't answer, you always have that moment of panic of, are they just out of signal service or is something wrong? Did something happen? spend a lot of time running around checking on people.
0: The deadline to complete the survey is March 31st. Sunflower growers gathered last week in Winnipeg for the National Sunflower Association of Canada's AGM. Darcel Graham is the group's executive director. She gave an outlook for 2020.
3: We're hoping to see that we get an increase in acres, uh, a little bump. We see that the oil side of things um, is providing some new market opportunities. Pricing seems to be good, so we're hoping that growers take uh, advantage of that and put some acres in the ground.
0: NSAC is one of five groups that will be merging later this year. And the province has launched the first step in its forage insurance review. Consultations with forage and livestock producers and organizations are now available online. Producers have the opportunity to provide their thoughts on the current program and suggest changes. The review will also include a number of in-person engagement sessions in March. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program.